Welcome, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Today, we conclude the Alpha Sermon Series. First Pres Executive Coordinator Jenny Sung wraps it up with this question. What about the church? Good morning. I'm Jenny Sung. I'm the Executive Coordinator on staff and campus pastor to our downtown campus, The Vine. It's a pleasure to share God's word with you today. Believe it or not, today is our last message in the Alpha Sermon series. It's been 12 weeks. We started January 16. And for the last 12 weeks, we've been going through the main foundations of the Christian faith, learning what we believe, why we believe, and how we practice what we believe. Pastor Dan started the sermon series with this question, is there more to life than this? And the answer was yes. Yes, there is more to life than this. Yes, there is more to life with meaning and purpose than what the world has to offer. Yes. And every week there was a message explaining a core belief or a practice of the Christian faith. Like, who is this guy Jesus and why did he die? And why did he rise again? And what does that have to do with me? What is faith? Why we pray? What is the Bible? How God guides us in life? And how do we fight evil? Who is the Holy Spirit? And how do I move forward with the rest of my life? What about healing? And why should I share my faith with other people? We covered a lot of ground. And as you think back on the messages, and as you reflect on everything that you've read and studied in this Red Alpha Guide, as you think about the Alpha Day Away as we gathered here, as you think about the prayers and the conversations as the wisdom shared among one another, experiencing the presence of God. You know, I hope that we're like these little seedlings you know, seedlings just soaking in the warm rays of God's sunlight and that we're growing. And I hope that we're sprouting and we're like a beautiful field of flowers with fertile soil for transformation, for good things to blossom in our world. I pray we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Today's message is called, What About the Church? And today we will contemplate the Lord's glory and what he has called the church to be. I have a confession to make. I'll start with a confession. For years, I equated church to a checklist. You know, I'll put on something nice and I would go to a place on Sunday mornings. Check. I would listen to some songs and read the message, you know? Let's see if there's something good today. Oh, that's funny. Okay, entertaining, check. I would make small talk with people I already knew and people I like, check. And this was church to me, and it was a very comfortable and safe bubble on Sundays, and I did this over and over again. It's what Nona Jones would call a fish tank. Not Nora Jones, the singer, Nona Jones. And if you don't know who Nona Jones is, she was a speaker at the hymn conference we just had. Nona is an amazing preacher, a business executive, author of two books, and she's the head of something very, very long title at Facebook. And Nona shared a powerful word about the church in her message. And she used this fishbowl analogy. 
and in the message asked this question. Since when did church become a program to watch? When did church become something to spectate, something to observe? She said, when I look at the Bible, Jesus said, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. But if we're honest, many of us have become comfortable with the fishbowl. We have become comfortable with the aquarium. And instead of being fishers of men, we become keepers of fish tanks. She continued to say, you know, people say we have to get back to normal, and what they are really saying is we have to get back into the building. But the reality is that even through the pandemic, the church never stopped being church because the church was never a place. The church was always a community of people who would gather occasionally in a place. But in reality, Jesus has not called us to fish tanks. He's called us to the open seas to make disciples of men, the people in the seas. And no matter how packed our buildings may seem, it's not success if there is an ocean of fish who do not yet know Jesus as Lord. Her words rang true for me because I was that fishbowl Christian. And I still struggle and I still fight the comforts of a fishbowl. Today we learn about church being more than just a place you go to to gather to, you know, check off that list. At the heart of church is someone who says, I've drawn you all together to be my heart sent out into the world. At the church, there is a community that's connected to the eternal because the church is a body of believers connected to the eternal love of Jesus Christ. The church is more than just a building or even a Sunday worship service. And you can study all the ecclesiology you want, which is a theology of the study of the church, and there are over 100 images of the church and the history. But today I want to talk about us as the body of believers being the church. The church is you in the chairs and you online and me, and we are all connected together with Jesus Christ at the head. Yes, we gather and we worship God, we equip and build up one another, and we go out to the open seas and make disciples and reach a suffering world reflecting the compassion and mercy and saving message of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, you may have heard the saying that, you know, I've been burned by the church. Yeah, church is not perfect because people are not perfect. And we often say at First Pres, you know, First Pres is a hospital for sinners and not a museum of saints. We are sinners. We are sinners saved only by grace, by the grace of Jesus Christ. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can let go of our pretenses. We are flawed, weak. We're in need of so much healing. And we act more like porcupines sometimes and skunks ready to just spray the moment we feel threatened. But the Bible, the Bible gives us something different. It gives us a picture of what Jesus meant for the church as his body, a community so attractive, so beautiful, that when we live into that, people see Jesus. They can't help but want to be a part of it. It's a picture of unity and love 
It's a beautiful landscape, like a field of flowers. And you know, church is marked by these things. And if you're following in the Alpha Guide, you could follow along. There's five things I want to share with you. What about the church? Number one, the church is about friendship. But let me explain. It goes a lot deeper than just friendship. The church is koinonia. And it's this Greek word, you can't really translate it in English, but koinonia is this shared community of deep, close-knit participation. It's associated with concepts of this holy covenantal fellowship. In koinonia, it's more than just surface-level friendships. It's a divinely intimate, holy unity among believers, between believers and the Lord. You see this in the book of Acts. It was the first place where you see the word koinonia. In chapter 2, you know, Peter and the other believers, they'd just been filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and they share the gospel, the good news, and 3,000 people become new believers. They were baptized that day. And after these newly baptized believers were gathered, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, koinonia, and to the breaking of bread and prayer. You know, I I just saw something like this happen at the HIM 2022 conference. And if you were able to see, it was this beautiful, beautiful landscape where the church, many churches gathered to worship, and people devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, koinonia, breaking of bread, and prayer. And in the two weeks with the youth and then the adults, I witnessed this shared community of deep, close-knit, covenantal fellowship. And it was especially visible in times of ministry, you know, in, in times of prayer. Uh, it was often like uh, Mike Pulavachi or Andy Croft or Pastor Dan would, would share a word of knowledge. And it was often um, something that the Spirit prompted, that we could pray for one another for healing, whether it was physical healing or inner healing. Sometimes a word was given about an illness or a season of struggle or disappointment or worry. And as the Spirit moved, people would just pray and you would see such courage and transparency. Mike would say, you know what? I'm just going to ask you to do a really brave thing and come forward, and let's pray together. And people would come forward, and there would be tears. And you would see people gathering, laying hands on one another. It was a divine, holy unity amongst believers, that image. And I remember coming up and praying for somebody. As as we were praying, Mike Pilavachi goes, you know, I just sense the Lord saying that someone's really worried here and they're really worried about their son and they're so worried they don't know what to do. And we just want to pray for you. If that's you, I just want you to do a brave thing and raise your hand. You know, that was on my heart. I couldn't sleep. I barely slept that night because I was so worried about my son. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to raise my hand. And I saw this other woman raise her hand. I was like, good. I don't have to raise my hand. And then he goes, Okay, let's pray. I sense there's someone else. There's one. And I'm like, I'm praying for people. Okay, Lord, people are going to pray for me. I raise my hand. And it was beautiful. It was koinonia. It was koinonia. And second, what about the church? The church is a family. It's a family of God. You know, church is not an organization that you join. It's actually a family that you belong to. Because when we believe in Jesus Christ, there is this immediate spiritual adoption that happens. Boom, you're adopted by God and you're his child. 
right away. In the Bible, it says God decided to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. This is in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. So in Christ, we are adopted into the family of God, and we now find a new identity as brothers and sisters of Christ with one holy father. So go ahead, turn to the left, and turn to the right and say, hello, brother, hello, sister. It's beautiful. You know what this is like? Have you all been to a, like a family Sunday dinner? Just raise your hand if you've ever been like a family dinners. Yeah. You know, I love family Sundays. It's like a good family dinner. And maybe you've experienced, you know, everybody gathers. They know who you are. You know where you belong. It's that feeling of being together with your closest people. You know, when the vine first opened, we had kind of this concept of like, of like family. We felt the Lord was like, let's, let's just have this big family celebration. And so we had a potluck after every single church service at the Vine. And every Sunday, it was like food would just come in from everywhere. You know, it was like a potluck and there was like a feast and somebody would bring like pulled pork sandwiches. I think one time Quinn simmered this pulled pork thing for hours and there would be like a great salad or somebody would bring their Portuguese bean soup and we would talk story, we would worship God and we would pray for one another, lay hands on another. It was the family of God gathering and that's just this tangible picture that I remember at the vine. You see, God's intention was to bring the whole human race together as a family united around Jesus Christ. And that's what we do. You know, another thing that families do when they gather is celebrate. And actually, baptism is a celebration that we do as a family. That's why so many times you'll see whole people gathering and cheering when people are baptized. You're actually going to see it in this next service. We have two baptisms at the 10 a.m. And if you are at Alpha Day Away, we had baptisms. You know, baptism is a mark of being born again in the Spirit. And we're shedding our old ways and we're turning to the new, the new life in Christ, being in this family of God. And I just want to show you some family photos. You know, this is like, hey, you want to see my kids? It's like, hey, you want to see my brothers and sisters? This is like family photo time. And we all cheered. We invited people to come and there were small groups that gathered and pastors and deacons and elders, and we cheered. We cheered for our family. You see, church is beautiful. There's koinonia. We're in the family of God. And third, church is God's home. In the Old Testament, <clears throat> there was like this physical temple. It was God's home, the, the place of the presence of God. And that's why, you know, people would go to the temple they would experience the presence of God there. But in the New Testament, it's not a physical building. It's a building made up of people. The Apostle Paul talks about a holy temple that we are being built together, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God dwells in us by his spirit. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the middle, in their midst. And when the church comes together, it's like the whole Trinity is there. You know, God the Father, Jesus the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When Christians are gathered, we feel that it's a place where we can sense 
and know the presence of God. It's like God's home. Home is the presence of God. I remember one of the sweetest stories uh, I ever heard. It's actually a story that Jeff Page shared, and I asked for his permission today if I can share it. You know, he was just sharing with us at one of our, I think it was a Gen X leadership meeting, about the number of times that they had moved in eight months. In just eight months, they had moved three times, three times in eight months, including moving from Northern California, where they had all their friends and family, to here, where they barely knew anyone. In all this moving, in all this transition, at one point, Marissa turned to Jeff. Marissa, his wife, turned to him, and she said these words, you know what? You are my home. You're my home. And it was like that cry emoji moment, you know, it's like when I was listening to it. <clears throat> home was not a physical place for Marissa. It was the presence of love. It was the presence of being with a person. And church should feel like that. It should feel like the presence of love because God is love like you're coming home to the presence of God. So what is church? What about the church? Church is koinonia. Church is being adopted into the family of God. Church is God's home. And fourth, the church is the body of Jesus. If you go to the book of Corinthians in the New Testament, chapter 12, the apostle Paul describes the body of Christ as one with many parts, like body parts, you know? And we are all parts of this one body, and Jesus is the head, and each part is important, you know? Even the little toe, every part has a role to play, and each part is so valuable in the kingdom of God. And together, we are one in Jesus Christ. And just like each part of the body has a function, you know, there, there's a function for every part of the body, us, the body of Christ has a function. In fact, we're given a commission. We are appointed to do something. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Jesus started this small group with a very ruffian, ragtag group of disciples, rough around the edges, I might say. And he said, go. Go and make disciples. And their communities grew and grew and grew. And for 2,000 years, over 2,000 years, it's been growing. And I just want to take the time right now to thank our small group community leaders. Can we just give a clap? for alpha hosts and helpers, for all the youth leaders, for all the times that you have ever poured into small group communities and you have done the Great Commission, you have made disciples. Thank you so much. Thank you for living out the Great Commission each and every day. The body of Christ is growing. According to the Pew Research Center, in 2015, there were 2.3 billion Christians living in the world. And in 2019, <clears throat> the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary reported that the number of Christians in the world edged past 2.5 billion. 
Christianity thrives in the global south, with Africa leading the way, followed by Asia and Latin America. You know, one of our mission partners, we actually have several, but one of our mission partners in Africa is in Congo. It's the Congo Initiative in the Democratic Republic of Congo. They're doing the incredible work of transformation by developing leaders in a redemptive, Christ-centered community. And every month at First Prez, we get a glimpse of these communities. We invite local and global mission partners to share their stories. And this next Sunday, actually, the founder of Congo Initiative, David Kasali, will join us live via Zoom. We actually get to talk with him. <clears throat> and it's right after this service, it's after the first service, around 9.15. So make sure you go and see the impact that their communities are having. I want to show you a video of how they are writing a new story for transformation in Congo. Let's watch this together. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The Democratic Republic of Congo is a land of paradox. It is one of the richest countries in the world with its natural resources and the resilient people full of boundless potential. It has also been shaped by its history of brutal colonization, dictatorship, civil war, environmental degradation, extreme poverty, injustice, sexual exploitation, corruption, and disease. How do we transform a country so all Congolese people have the opportunity to thrive? It takes vision, hope, and faith. It takes hard work, passion, and innovation. It takes commitment, service, and sacrifice. It takes leaders. Leaders mentored and nurtured within passionate, redemptive community. Leaders with renewed mindsets and servant hearts. Leaders rooted in their country, committed to helping it thrive. Leaders who speak up and proclaim, we can and will be the change we want in Congo. Leaders who are being transformed to transform. So what does this transformation look like? Hundreds of children receiving a primary education. Hundreds of women, children, and men experiencing healing from grief and trauma. Innovative entrepreneurship and agribusinesses advancing sustainable business practices and creating jobs. Peace and reconciliation between individuals and communities. Helping rewrite the script on land rights and land reform at the national level. Advocating and representing 200 wrongfully imprisoned people. Over 680 alumni equipped with knowledge, skills, and dedicated to leading this change in Congo. It takes us all working together. Tuko Pomoja. Because together, we are writing a new story in Congo. It takes us all working together. And together we, the church, are writing new stories every day. 
The body of Christ is meant to move and go out into the open seas as visible expressions of God's love and transformation. What about the church? The church is koinonia. Church is being in the family of God. Church is God's home. Church is the body of Jesus. And our last point for today, church is all about the love of God. It's most important because church should be the expression of God's love. Nothing matters without love, but everything changes with love. If there's anything you've realized in this Alpha Course, anything in all these weeks, we hope that you can take away, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He gave himself for you. While we were yet sinners, he chose to die for you. If you'd been the only person in the world, Jesus would still go through everything to die only for you. He wants to be with you. He doesn't want to lose you. He loves you continually, wholeheartedly, unconditionally. Once we understand this message of love, once we have this hope that we are his and absolutely loved, you know, we want to walk in this love because we just don't want anything else. It's so much better than anything else. In Ephesians 5, chapter, in Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, follow God's example as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we walk in the way of love, not because we have to, not because we've earned it, not because we're forced to, but it's simply because we've experienced the goodness and grace of God. We just want to share that love. So we gather, we express our love for God in worship and by what we do in service. We come alongside the broken and the outcast, those who are sick and lonely, and we usher one another towards Jesus. We usher one another towards the love of God, and it's not the kind of love the world has to give, but God's love that's radical, that transcends boundaries, that's inclusive. Today we end the season of our Alpha Sermon series, but our stories will continue with new adventures in life. And we as a church were called out into the open ocean, to the open seas to reach the lost. The church is sent out to come alongside those who need to hear the saving message of Jesus Christ. And together were expressions of his love. Today, if you would like to take a step toward God, toward his love. Just take a step of faith and say yes to Jesus. You can do that right now. He is waiting for you. He has orchestrated this entire moment for you. Maybe you've heard about this family of God and koinonia. You're like, ah, oh, that sounds kind of good. I want to invite Jesus into my life. And so this is you. I just want to ask you to pray this prayer. Sincere hearts, let's pray. 
and invite Jesus into your life. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I really need you. I want you in my life. And I'm sorry for the things I've done, turned away from you. Please forgive me. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for loving me. Please come be the center of my life. I want to walk with you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, go ahead and share that news. You know, you can click on the prayer button and share that with a prayer team member, or you can go to the prayer corner and just come up to us after the service. We would love to pray with you one-on-one and talk to you about some next steps. Today is the Holy Sacrament of Communion where we gather as the body of Christ. And as we prepare our hearts for communion, let's just continue to worship God, to experience his presence. And today we share the Holy Sacrament of Communion as the body of Christ, as the family of God. And we remember what Jesus did for us. He forgave our sins. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was in the upper room having dinner with his disciples. And he took a piece of bread and he gave thanks to God and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup, the new covenant, my blood shed for you. Each time you drink of this cup, remember me. And so each time we have the bread and the cup, we remember him and we proclaim his death until Jesus comes back again. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. And now let us partake in communion together. You can just peel off the top layer and take the wafer. And I'll pray and we'll take the cup together. Actually, let's take the cup together and then I'll pray. Pastor Dan's so much better at this. Let us take the cup. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can be in your family. Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation, that you died for our sins and rose again so we could be free, free to be in this family of God, free to experience your love and grace, and Lord, free to go out into the open seas and to share your message of love and grace. I pray that we may remember your sacrifice, that we may remember you each and every moment. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And now receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be gracious unto you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you. 
Have a wonderful Sunday. Aloha. When you accept Jesus, you enter into the loving arms of God and become His child. You are accepted and woven into His family. If you want to catch up on or re-listen to previous services, you can find past sermons on our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prez sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. First Prez invites you to church. There are two ways to worship, in person and online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus or online at fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Remember, when you visit the First Prez websites, sign up for emails to links to sermons, daily devotionals, church news and updates, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Prez can do for you, please reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.